0: My name is Sergeant uh, Jones. Yes, that's it. Police Sergeant A. Jones, recently transferred to a small town in the far north of England. Hmm, that sounds strange, talking about myself that way. For starters, my name isn't Jones. Just chose an innocuous name to remain anonymous. Uh, Best to be prudent with the story I have to tell. Plus, also best not to name the constabulary I've now been posted to. Uh, Being ridiculed by my new colleagues and being chased by social media nutters. Not the best way to start a new job, I guess. But it is true that I am a police sergeant. A promotion I suspect not awarded on merit. Uh, But more of that later. Secondly, I have a true story to tell. And that is the second fact. This story may not be new but it is 100% true albeit retold from a different perspective and what is so chilling about the event i'm going to retell is that it happened in such a mundane way the fact it you know, the fact is it, it all happened in such a mind-numbing way that it was frightening still is Anyway, you'll already know the basic facts due to the extensive news coverage, but let me start from the beginning, and that is not now. In fact, now is currently the end of my involvement in this strange story. Well, hopefully at least. So, let's backtrack. My part in this news story started about six months ago, when I was a humble police constable walking the beat in Glastonbury. Wow, only seemed such a short time ago. And yet it was a lifetime. So much has happened. Life changing events. Uh, uh, yes, well, I guess for many of you listeners that that location has already given a clue to what my story is about. Of oh, late, that small town has only been famed for one thing, and certainly that one thing. Has done wonders for its tourist trade, uh, so some good has come out of what I'm going to tell you. As I said, let me wind the clock back to those days when I was a simple constable before this whole issue hit the headlines, and I'll start my tale with another one of my fruitless meetings with my sergeant. Hmm. If only I'd stood my ground at that stage. Ah. Oh. <coughs> <coughs> Constable, 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 to use my son's vernacular, you're doing my head in. I have better ways to get old than listening to your twaddle yet again. <coughs> I've got to go fake. <laughs> but, Sergeant, uh, uh, but, Sergeant, nothing. Look, try and see the world through my eyes, eh? Yeah? That neighbourhood is a den of vice. Even the rats have bodyguards. <laughs> Petty crimes rife. Look, last week, now let, let me have a look. Hang on, I've got the papers here. i got the file. Of... Blimey, <laughs> oh, 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 Yeah, yeah. Four cycles were stolen, will I ask you. Who wants four bikes? There was one mugging, oh, an attempted rape, a domestic which resulted in two ambulances being called, oh, and the kitchen of fire. You know, that dubious flat in Carlton Terrace, where the council and its wisdom is depositing illegal immigrants. Yeah, I know it too well. Oh, good. Uh, 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 oh, yes. Let's not forget the claim by Councillor Williams that his neighbouring property is being used as a brothel, eh? Oh. Not sure how he knows that, or indeed whether he's making a complaint or <coughs> a recommendation. <coughs> well, i have a fag, I've really got to have a fag. Look, Sergeant, I get your point, but... Oh! No, 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 no. But nothing. Huh? Button it, and listen. I have an MP breathing down my neck about the rising crime levels, and i got four officers off stick. And you, and you, my little sunshine, and you, all you can think about, eh? Huh? Yes, <laughs> all you can think about is houses 24 and 25. Oh, <sighs> uh. The only two blooming properties in that row where nothing, and I mean absolutely nothing, zilch, tiddly squat, has ever happened. But that, no, 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 that doesn't deter one of my valuable officers, namely you, whoever helped me, from becoming obsessed with them and constable. I don't mean obsessed, eh? What do you think you are, Tom Cruise in Minority Report? Um, I don't understand, Sergeant. Are you putting me on report? Oh, give me strength. It's a sci-fi film about stopping crime before it happens, you git. Don't they teach you anything in that posh school of yours? Look, look, look. I'm just a humble, old-fashioned police sergeant. My job is to catch the bad guys, beat them up, until they confess and then ensure they get locked up for eternity. Who cares if they're guilty or not, as long as it makes this constablish these crime detection statistics look good. That makes the government look good, and what's more, it makes me feel good. You get it? It's not much of an ambition, is it? I know, but when you're just five years off from retirement, you have to lower your sights a bit, eh? And so, I would be eternally grateful if on occasions you could help me. It's not too much to ask, is it? But instead, instead you are watching the only houses where no crime has ever taken place. And probably ever will. Look, look, all I'm saying, Sergeant, is that I was thinking, well, don't. You need to get to inspector level to start doing that. Oh, okay. Oh, 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 okay, okay, don't look so crestfallen. (laughs) Maybe you're right. (coughs) Maybe these properties are crammed full of aliens. You're making fun of me, sir. Oh. Oh, am I? No, 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 no. In fact, you're making a joke of yourself. Well, look, what do you want me to think? All you give me as evidence is a bunch of mannequins that look strange looking out of windows and looking at the sky. Uh, waiting for rescue and high, are they? I, I, I haven't said that. Oh, well, whatever you have said, I simply don't care. Huh? Got it? In fact, you are. I'm underwhelmed by you asking me yet again to arrange extra surveillance on perfectly nice residents who, to date, are too boring to have ever committed a crime. Hang on, hang on, wait a minute, Hang on, I've got an idea. Would you like me to call Mulder and Scully? Eh? <laughs> oh, very funny. We were allowed to watch the X-Files at school as it happens, but can I just try and state my case, Sergeant? Just one more time. Please, just humour me. Oh, well, if you then promise to go away, far ahead. But be clear on one thing. I don't care a monkeys. (coughs) Right, Sergeant, um, you are correct. I deliberately pass numbers 24 and 25 as often as I can. You're equally right that no crimes are being committed. Well, great. Tell me something I don't know then. And yet, something is wrong. Both houses are always in darkness. In the front windows sit two figures in each, always in the same position, always uh, looking out, staring. Oh, give me strength. That's what you do with windows, you wally. Look, I know. Maybe your mannequins are coming alive. I saw a horror film about that, something, something very similar to that. <coughs> Don't worry, I've got to have a fag. <coughs> oh, dear, oh, dear, oh dear. Look, look, Sergeant, please take me seriously. They do move. And if I wave, they sort of wave back. In fact, on the pretext of waiting, welcoming them to the neighbourhood a week ago, I knocked on number 24's fours door, and, well, uh, a, a nice guy, uh, harmless-looking, like answered. Uh, we discussed a few pleasantries, shook hands, and, well, and that was that. He shut the door. Oh, wow, 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 wow! <laughs> he did that, did he? <laughs> Oh, well, let me have a think about this. <clears throat> yeah, that is serious. Yeah. <laughs> Someone being friendly in that street. Look, look, why didn't you disclose that earlier? This indeed could be a case for the special branch. <laughs> I am being serious, Sergeant. And I'm losing the will to live. Look, my point is... Is, why are they always there? What are they looking for? Are, are they waiting for something to happen? Oh, God, heaven help me. Look, look maybe they're waiting for you to dance and you down the high street to relieve the boredom of life. Uh, actually, no, come to think of it, <laughs> such behaviour is hardly unusual in Glastonbury. <laughs> anyway, as far as I'm concerned, it's their house. They can do what they want. Uh, uh, if I can't arrest them, well, I don't care. Let them get on with it. And gr- agreed. Look, a- a- and yet... Oh, for Pete's sake. Stop torturing me. Last time you dragged your miserable carcass into this office, you said they all looked the same, never changing, eh? Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, I remember. You thought they were clones. No, no, hang on, that's wrong. You said they were Chinese. Well, same thing virtually. No, Sarge, Sarge, Sarge. I said they could have been Chinese. The one who once at the door certainly looked like one. You know, all the Chinese look the same to us. No, what I was saying was that... No! Stop! I've had enough. Understand this once and for all. Forget about those two houses. Got it? Go out and catch me some real villains. Earn your keep. Do I make myself clear? Uh, Yes, Sergeant 40. What are you just saying? Sorry, sorry, Sergeant. Just a slip of the tongue. Bye. Cheeky little sod. And so my protestations about number 24 and 25 went unheeded. And yes, by now it is certain that unless you've been living on another planet for six months, you will know all about these two homes in Glastonbury. Well, to cut a long story short, to appease the sergeant, I tried on my beat to avoid them. And yet, like a fly drawn to a light, I could not help passing that way, And there, without fail in those windows, sat those figures looking upwards, moving and yet not moving. What was so fascinating? What could they see which I couldn't? Something was wrong, very wrong. No point mentioning it all to the sergeant again. Last time I was unwise enough to raise my concerns, he suggested uh, there may have been hidden accomplices in the house, uh, maybe to... let me see if I can remember. Oh, yes! His first idea was digging a tunnel to the local bank. Yeah, right, a mile away. Uh, also, he said, uh, uh, the people in the windows were lookouts for a break-in. Nearest business was an evil-looking Indian takeaway. Or, um, oh, I remember, yeah, a third idea. Casing the house opposite for a break-in. Except the house opposite was empty... And the occupiers were dossers. Sort of premises you break out of, not into, he joked. Mm. I don't mind my leg being pulled, and yet what other possible explanations could there be? Then it all happened so suddenly, no warning, nothing. One moment the houses were there, the next moment they weren't. Gaping holes in the terraces. No one saw anything. No one knew anything. Though that didn't stop the media and conspiracy therapies lighting up the stratosphere. There was an explosion of speculation. Actually, come to think of it, that was the only explosion. Now, look, we all know the facts, so I'm not going to waste time explaining what is public knowledge. The basics are simple. On that night, there was a bright green light around 10pm, And, well, that was it. The two houses were simply not there anymore. Maybe the green light and their disappearance were unconnected. I'd simply state the facts. I happened to be already nearby, as it happens, for reasons I'm sure are obvious. But within minutes the area was flooded by my police colleagues, ambulances and the fire brigade. The problem was no one seemed to know what to do once they arrived. Uh, There was no pile of debris to search, no inferno to extinguish, no mutilated bodies to rescue, no one knew how to react, what to say. Looking back, I guess everyone was, well, numb with shock. People just huddled in groups and gawped. In the absence of an action plan, the rescue teams waited for ever more senior officers to arrive to direct operations, while the crews whiled away their time erecting a cordon. I helped. An hour later, a hundred-yard exclusion zone was also imposed. Everyone was pushed back. At least the public was safe from... Well, no-one knew what they were safe from. Nothing further seemed to be falling down... Nothing else seemed to be on the point of disappearing, though experience in making such an assessment was in short supply. It was all very odd. The real decision-making came when the military arrived. They made it clear immediately they were in control. An eight-foot-high ring of steel was erected around the site and men in full hazme suits started appearing everywhere. Rather spooky looking back. Speculation was rife and with an information vacuum the media filled it with rumours, scare stories and speculation on death figures. A devastating gas explosion was the number one theory, mainly because well, no other theories could be put forward. Anyone who knew anything became hot property for interviews and even local residents who knew nothing but were willing to say it publicly got the full media treatment. And word soon spread that I was not only the local police officer, but was nearby when the two buildings were vaporised. Uh, that's the media's word, not mine. When I let slip that I'd been watching the two properties for months, the media fuse was lit, with reporters queuing up to interview me. It had been a wrong move, but the cat was out of the bag. At least a dozen TV crews wanted face-to-face interviews. Fortunately, I was rescued from the press scrum by a squad car with an officer who literally bundled me into the back seat and we drove off at high speed with the siren blazing. (coughs) Believe me, the station was an oasis of sanity. No time was wasted in me being taken in to see my boss. This time, he was accompanied by a man in black... Unsmiling, he stood like a Gestapo officer at the back of the room, unmoving, eyeballing me, saying nothing. <coughs> well, well, you've done it this time, constable. Uh, well, not sure what I've done. I—I I told you something. No, stop right there. Whatever has happened or not happened. Who gave you the authority to speak to the press? I kept my peace. (coughs) Well, your silence speaks volumes. Shame you didn't keep your trap shut from the start. Anyway, what's all this nonsense you're saying about it not being a gas explosion? Are you an expert on gas leaks? Um, no, but... But... Nothing. We, the authority, believe it was just that. A simple gas leak. And that is a story we, the authority, is telling the public. No further danger. Well, I, am um, I think you're wrong, Sergeant. The man in black twitched. The silence in the room could be cut with a knife. But look, um... "'Gas explosions are indiscriminately destructive, "'and yet only the two homes have been removed. "'Sorry, I mean destroyed. "'Those either side do not even have broken windows.' "'The sergeant was glaring at me in silence. Uh, "'Look, plus the gas explosion uh, will blow things up, uh, "'and things are scattered around for all to see.' In the case of numbers 24 and 25, the, only the footprint of the buildings is visible. Uh, otherwise, the whole site is clear. Look, where are all the bricks, splintered wood, furniture remains? Where are the bodies? The theory of a gas explosion does not add up, Sergeant. For the first time, the man in black moved. Without relinquishing his stare, he stepped forward and spoke quietly in my Sergeant's ear. He nodded. <clears throat> Your opinion, and indeed the opinion of this constabulary, is of no relevance. This issue has been taken out of our hands. Uh, The Ministry of Defence has... The man in black stepped forward quickly and again whispered something. (coughs) Oh, right. (coughs) Um, I'm sorry, I mean a team of government experts has kindly agreed... To take over the inquiry. Well, not really an inquiry. As you may not have been aware, the buildings were uh, scheduled for demolition anyway. Unsafe, you know. Uh, really? Is that why they were occupied? Both men stared menacingly. There was an embarrassing silence. Then my sergeant recovered his composure ignoring what he pretended was a childish intervention. (coughs) The emergency services are being stood down. The military are only staying on site to give us a hand tidying up. All in all, an incident blown out of all proportion, eh? Uh, An unfortunate turn of phrase, don't you think, Sergeant? He turned. A nasty shade of red, but once again made a determined effort to hold his temper. Uh, And I have to say, uh, on behalf of the Chief Inspector, that um, your role in monitoring this address has been uh, exemplary. A a credit to the police force. In fact, we're so pleased that I'm um, able uh, to demonstrate our appreciation in a Practical way, um, uh, you have been promoted to sergeant. You what? Uh, well, yeah, it, it it takes effect as from now. In return for your fast track promotion, uh, uh, the constabulary is asking well, one uh, one <coughs> small favour. Uh, We would like to use your proven skills of observation in a constabulary which is currently uh, under strength. Uh, Promotion, yeah, more pay, eh? Have we got a deal? My sergeant decided to ignore my open mouth incredulously. So, uh, well, look, I'll take that. Is a yes. Your silence is approval. So, so just put Glastonbury down as a quiet tour of duty, eh? Yeah? <laughs> uh, indeed. Uh, no need to tell your new colleagues where you were before. <clears throat> if questions are asked, well, uh, well, you know. Just say, nothing of importance to discuss in sleepy old Somerset. If you, uh, well, take my meaning there, uh, uh, Hmm. And thus, we return to the very place where I started this story. Maybe my instant promotion and transfer to the other end of the country was a coincidence. No connection at all with quietening down the media storm, raging around the strange disappearance of two buildings. Of course... None of this explains what did happen. I'm sure by now you have made up your own mind having read all about it in the press and watched hours of news debate on the TV. Your guess is as good as mine. For me, the memory which stands out is the banal ordinariness of the whole incident. No one knew how to react. There were no tears, no flowers to be laid, no community coming together in grief, no rescue effort. It was as though the whole... Yeah, as though whole houses disappeared every day. Words explaining it lost their meaning. But what really fascinated me resulted from the private drones, which in the early hours were launched to peer over the steel shielding. They didn't fly for long as they'd been banned before dawn by the military, but all the video- videos they took seemed to show a luminous green light covering the whole area where the buildings once stood. Mm. I found that fascinating. Of course, it was night time and maybe the drone's cameras were not sensitive enough to focus. Uh, maybe the glow was a spectrum of feedback from the searchlights erected around the site and yet all of that early footage was awash with this eerie green tinge. The only reason I mention it now is that my right hand throbs. It is going the same sort of unearthly luminescent green colour as those pictures from the drones. I'd been worrying about it so much that I went to see the local doctor this morning. He agreed my hand was a strange colour. He shone an ultraviolet light on it and it was like looking at a fading x-ray. The doc said that this could have been caused by some kind of radiation and wanted me to see a specialist immediately. I brushed it off. I said that other than going a strange colour, my hand seemed fine and I would take no further action until other symptoms developed. In truth, I didn't want questions to be asked. And there the matter rests. But it does trouble me. I remember that handshake with the man at number 24. Er, uh, probably no connection at all making two plus two come to five. As my old sergeant kept telling me, you have an overdeveloped imagination. And yet, unless the light in this part of the far north is being affected by the northern lights, I swear, the brighter the green glow shines, the more my hand fades And there's another thing. The green luminescence is spreading up my arm.